Hello, friends, and welcome to Live, Laugh, Lovecraft. At this point in time, totally acceptable to put up your hands, tell your family that your new favourite podcast isn't helping you to take up cross-stitch. Um, and if, if you're not ready to tell them the truth Did you yet, know I invented that? <laughs> well, yeah? I actually invented it when I got um, an injury, and they were like, do you want us to sew up this injury? And I said, yeah, but can you sew it up with a picture of this house and bless this house underneath? And that's the invention of cross-stitch. <laughs> so well, you've given it away now they can just stop listening a, a minute in why would Thanks, they want Steve. to why would why they would want they... to stop listening when the content is this good exactly and, and on, on that basis if you want your friends to take up cross stitch too you can send them a link they can share it with their friends and maybe eventually realise there's more to life than cross stitch and art but but there know, speaks it's... a scientist exactly in the meantime Zoe you're up first Excellent. I don't have a job. That's because I'm a researcher trying desperately to get myself a job at some point. Uh, I'll be playing Ivy, a tiefling druid who doesn't have time for this shit, but somehow still has to find time for this shit. Kate. Hello, my name's Kate. I am an actor and a writer and an educator, and I am playing Bacco, a satyr bard. Steve Jobs. Hello, my name's not Steve Jobs, it's uh, Steve Cross, and uh, I do have a job, of course, being the world's most attractive nerd podcaster and comedian. I'm playing Snookums Jolliver, a, uh, an extremely refined goblin who has this voice, and he likes to cook and be good and help people. He's awesome. Lucy. Hello, hello, I am Lucy. I am a wildlife biologist uh, by training. And in my job, I talk to young people if they are interested in working with animals in the future. And I'll be playing Brogar, who is a very large golden dragonborn. And he's really trying his best, guys. Okay. And I'm Sam. And after a chat with Lucy as a small child, uh, I decided I too would work with animals. And I started this podcast. I'm your game master. <laughs> Last time, we, we had an adventure and we went to a man's house with a man in a box. As all good adventures start. As all good adventures begin. But we're going to rejoin our adventure in in the attic of Aldous Yardley's house. Um, Top floor, if you recall, there was a beautiful round window. At this point in time, there is warm orange light pouring forth through it. um, And you can see the setting sun framed within it. Um, It was an immaculately tidy space. There were some fossils, uh, some plant samples on well-constructed shelves. And there were also a few jars containing creatures stored in formaldehyde and uh, other delightful chemicals. Yes, so Aldous was... It had just paid Snookums 40 golden pieces and had begun to discuss paying Ivy for a fossil but briefly got distracted because my phone rang. <laughs> um, so Aldous, he's, he's going to turn to Ivy and he's going to say something like, I can't remember what he sounds like. He's going to say, I, I wouldn't mind some, some... That's not what he sounds like. He's going no. to offer you some a Jim money. Broadbent kind of voice. That he? doesn't help me. I don't watch films. Jim Broadbent's in all films ever. Exactly, and I don't watch any. <laughs> He's in Bridget Jones. He's her dad. <laughs> really? You've chosen <laughs> possible film. <laughs> oh, I know him. He's in Harry, Harry Bloody Potter, isn't he? Yes. Hello. Uh, I'm sure he probably talked like this. Ivy, I I just wanted to to thank you so much for this fossil you haven't given me yet, if you wouldn't mind handing it to me. Absolutely. Just as soon as you pay me. Uh, yes. Well, there's a slight issue with payment. You see, I had a lot of money and I, I accidentally 
used it to purchase a, a number of flapjacks from your small friend. Um, <laughs> and so, well, I that have... is unfortunate. But you have a bank account, don't you, Aldous? Everyone has bank accounts these days. They haven't realised that they're not very secure places to hold their money yet. But given that you're an educated man in this day and age, you must have a bank account. You see, I, I honestly, all I have on me here is. Ten, 10 gold but I can I can hand you you can have one of the whistling ones I'm sure that will come in useful at some point in time um and and if you really want the cupboards there you can there's probably money in there behind some of the old jars I I used to keep my money there for safekeeping. I, I don't trust the system that the financial system we're building at the moment so to prevent to prevent an issue with your money you may have put something some money in a cupboard but you cannot remember <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly what I'm doing, Dragon. Um, yes, if you Ivy could... gives Aldous a look uh, and proceeds to investigate the cupboard. Thank you. Please roll. I rolled an eighteen plus two. What's Fun. in the cupboard? Uh, as you open the cupboard, there are two shelves full of jars. All right, but top there's a very weighty leather sack full of a, a lot of money. We're talking sixty gold pieces. Okay. Oh. Would you would you like to take this? Well, yes. Okay. As you as you take the sack out of the cupboard, place it on your person. You notice there's a, a jar with a strange looking animal inside you've never seen before. When you say inside, do you mean inside the cupboard or inside the weighty sack? Inside the cupboard, not the weighty sack. <laughs> I really chose a bad couple of words there, didn't I? <laughs> totally not going to make the most of that. Uh, do I need to investigate this? myself I'm, or I'm, does my I'm, 20 let me know already it's gonna let you know already it, it's well you don't know what it is but uh, it, it appears to be almost a, a tadpole but this tadpole has plates upon it almost as though not eating plates plates is in like a chitinous exoskeleton a bit like an insect so it has the form of a tadpole but looks a bit like an insect and it has rather grotesque mandibles which are splayed open Hmm. Does hmm. it have any legs? Because sometimes tadpoles can have two legs. Has none legs. Non legs. Oh, yes. A war tadpole, of course. <laughs> war tadpole. Aldous, what, uh, what is this strange chitinous tadpole? It's, it's, it's a mind maggot. I, I, I wrote about this in my research for you when you went out to find oh, yes. Yes, for, of course. things for me. Um, these, oh, they're spectacular. Honestly, um, so, oh, God, hundreds of years ago, frankly, they've been extinct for a while. But these They've been extinct for a while. Honestly, this was once uh, contained within the carcass of another animal found within a, a peat bog. Um, and it's, it's the, the most immaculate specimen I could possibly find. Other than the one down in, in the university. But these creatures, well, it's kind of in the name, the mind maggots, they, they could, could connect with the brainstem of an animal and over time take control of it. Wonderful, wonderful creatures. How, how did they do that? How did they do that? Yes. Mm. Was, it, was it using some kind of inherent personal quality or did it, did it you know, <sighs> use some sort of magical influence? Oh, they, they would, you've asked just the right guy for this, they would uh, latch onto the brainstem and begin to secrete neurostimulating chemicals. And, that and, certainly and, sounds 
logical. And these neurostimulating chemicals would be secreted into the brainstem and by a matter of simple diffusion would begin to spread around the body through the nervous system. Do they take over the mind in terms of uh, they can then be controlled by a third party or do they take over the mind themselves? Because then does the person just be like, I'm a tadpole now? Um, <laughs> no, no, they, they take over the person themselves and then uh, over time the person will begin to undergo morphological changes through a process we have termed morphogenesis. Their, their form changes to such an extent that eventually uh, they will be capable of reproducing on behalf of the tadpole. Oh, like the fungus. Um, the ant fungus, what's it called? Uh, Ophiocordyceps. Yes. Uh, no, 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 no. The, the ant fungus, completely different kettle of fish, you see, because the ant fungus grows through the ant uh, and, and begins to produce fruiting bodies from the ant, as opposed to this, which is resulting in a, a fundamental morphological shift within the host creature, causing the host creature itself to become tadpole rather than the replacement of its tissue. Brogar, who had looked very, very excited to be able to bring up uh, the, his knowledge of the ant fungus, looked upset at Ivy um, and then looks towards this man and goes, you're a fruiting body. Well, um, I'll have you know, that's technically a hate crime, but um, <laughs> you carry on. Ivy, who had initially looked very excited at the discovery of this mind maggot, now looks a little disappointed. What? So, child, child, what is it particularly that, that's got you down? Oh, I just, I just thought, you know, I might have found something finally, but um, it's just another parasitic creature. I think uh, we've had enough parasites, really. Um, I just thought it might, it might be a breakthrough finally. Um, anyway, no, every finding that we make together advances the science so much more than you could possibly comprehend. That I, is what you said last time. You didn't pay me, Aldous. Yes, but <laughs> I, I did provide you with a, a, a weighty sack of gold, which... Did the... you see that? I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I was investigating a cupboard. Well, I, you know, who knows how much money's in there. Perhaps it would have been determined based purely upon chance. <laughs> so anyway. what do you intend to do with this mind? I mean, you, you, you've got a, a specimen just tucked away in the cupboard. Isn't that a, a rather dangerous thing to leave lying around? Or Oh, it's very dead. Very dead. Dead, dead as a... Dead thing. I'm trying to think of something that's dead. Hmm. Isn't it doornail, the phrase? Dead, dead I as thought it was a... a doorknob, which now I think that through for once. <laughs> has a lot dead of problems. As, <laughs> as, a, as this man should be, but isn't in the middle of our room. What is he it's doing? Almost, it's almost like a misdirection for us to go and start investigating this man who's been half flayed. <laughs> we haven't actually talked to him for a while. Maybe we should do that. How's he doing? To get you is out he... of the attic. <laughs> We will never leave. <laughs> I'm um, going to go over to the box and knock on the top. Hello? Uh, the box is empty. <laughs> box the, box box back the, the box is empty back here. We didn't uh, go I back was looking out the window and got distracted. <laughs> Do you not see the small bleeding I then man in the corner? turn around and go, ah, didn't see you there, mate. You've literally I just know. poured him a drink. And I have pulled myself <laughs> on clearly. <laughs> well, you can take all of that. Sam, out. Just, just a quick note: in the middle of all of this, I'm just looking at one of them, and then looking at back at another yeah. one of them, and then looking back at another one of them with just complete, complete amusement on my face. <laughs> no idea what all of these people are saying, or like, none of it sounds like a recipe. <laughs> Oh, a recipe for disaster. 
Okay, yeah. you're, you're a personable chap. Why, why don't you see what's what's happening with our bloody friend? Yes, uh, and we know of our friend not much, right? Nothing. That 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 is that is that is true. Yes, but they are out of the box. They, they are. They they're looking rather enviously at that whiskey in your hand. Yes, which I did or didn't already give them a drink of. I did. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have they drunk their drink? I'm gonna go in get them another. I'm gonna top them up. And I'm going to say, uh, mate, uh, so tell us, how'd you, how'd you end up in a box? It sounds like it's going to be a cracking story. <laughs> well, uh, a bo- oh, and, and a bit defleshed. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you could flesh out your story. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, I'm really sorry we attacked you. you know, honestly, we just thought, we thought maybe you might be fruit thieves, but... Slight religious experience during that, as I perhaps realised my sins, um, and I ran, and the little green man here, he sort of pointed at the box, and, and I jumped in, and I pulled it shut, and it was fine, honestly fine. Uh, there was some, some like sawdust and stuff, it was a bit wet, and it was itchy, but then... Uh, and I started hearing this little clicking, and uh, it started to itch, but then it went, and it was all right. And then I... There was this this light and I suddenly saw these horrible creatures which in those jars and honestly I thought I was going to die and I'm just so thankful you brought me here to this nice man and his whiskey yeah I think all in all we have done you a solid we have been been nothing but nice to you (laughs) but what are we doing now I'm pretty sure you smacked me with a club not that long ago but (laughs) I mean fair's fair and you've nicked You'd nick stuff. You'd nick the, the fruit and the spices. We, so. we, would, we are humble fruiterers. Then why was there a load of spices in a warehouse full of other people's things? We are acting as a subsidiary uh, company for the local postal service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like parcel force. Yes, or D- DPD. <laughs> This sounds like uh, a load of bullshit. Um, can do we think he knows more than he's letting on? I query the the group. No, honestly, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> do we think he'll serve any greater purpose? I suggest we check his pockets. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So can I lift him up so that pockets are at easy access height? Can you push all the strings, Jack? <laughs> oh no! I'm rolling. I'm rolling. Oh, oh! There's a seventeen plus my three modifier. You definitely pick him up. He's now suspended <laughs> in the air. His pockets are easy to access. It's oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't stand a bloody chance here. <laughs> I shake him a bit, see if anything falls from him. Oh no. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing falls from him. Um, one of you would probably need to go to his pockets. I'll go over to his pockets and uh, I'll have a look. Um, investigation check, please. Cool. Eight. <laughs> oh, Does that mean um, no? <laughs> rummaging, rummaging through his pockets. He's not fighting back against this. He's accepted his fate. Uh, you find uh, a few pieces of silver, three pieces of silver, and uh, in, in his left-hand pocket you find the stub of a a ticket to go and see um, one of the acts which are in town for the festival. 
Is it a used ticket? Has it already been torn? Yeah, it's a stub. Mm. It's just a stub. But the act seemed like it would have been very enjoyable. Uh, it was a man-goat hybrid. He played music of many different kinds, including the, the lesser-known schwarm, as he's advertised on the front, saying, the satyr and his schwarm. But alas, it's been and gone. Intriguing. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pocket that. Am I allowed okay. to just pocket it? Yeah, you're allowed to take it. It's yours. As a I mean, I'm holding him up by his armpits. You're allowed to take it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, can I just quickly, um, uh, I'm going to step away from the man in his pockets, but I'm just going to do a double check. And uh, can I look at what colour his hair was again? Sorry, sorry, the man on the ticket or the man you're holding up? A holding up man. Mousy brown. Fair enough. Uh, and I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off and then uh, gaze... Uh, longingly out the window for a moment. You notice the sun is is getting very low at this point in time. Right, Aldous, it looks like it's getting late. Um, I don't particularly want to have to lug this this massive rock around with me any longer. So I tell you what, I will take one of these whittling ones and this uh, this little dead specimen here. Um, and you're, you're... okay. So you... wait. Were you, were you I, I was, interrupting I, I, me? I, I was simply going to say, honestly, the, the mind maggots are very rare. This is one of my favourite specimens, and I don't even know what's contained within the fossil that you have upon your person. Well, given that you're failing to pay me for my labour... I have um, 60 gold. I, Ivy removes the fossil from her bag uh, and displays it to Aldous without letting him get hold of it. He looks at it and his jaw instantly drops. Well? I think this is an entirely fair deal. Brogar puts down the man and squints at the fossil. What can he see? Uh, he can see a worm-like creature. It's all worms again, were you? It is worms, isn't it? It's a worm a little bit like a small a small bobbit worm. Oh, no. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it, it's it's got leggies because some worms have legs, um, mm. and once once again, it's got very two sets of mandibles, very wide, uh, widely splayed, as well as uh, some some feelers coming out of its head. Um, it's got segmented armor all running all the way down its body. This specimen is about forty centimeters long, but it's curled up upon itself. You never you never really mentioned why you were so interested in this particular specimen, Aldous. Uh, oh, honest, honestly, um. Oh, gosh. Um, now, I'm sure when you were all little, especially if you grew up around here, you would have heard um, the stories. In fact, now is a better time than any to, to speak of it. Um, of um, what, the Age of Heroes, when gallant adventurers would run about the fields slaying monsters and, and making an awful lot of money from it. Now, during this period, um, someone may have mistakenly awoken... One of the um, the great old ones from uh, some of the ice sheets in in the north. Brogal lifts up one scaly golden finger and says, uh, "The great old ones. Um, could you could you explain? Could you describe them specifically? Well, their personally, I would say they are indescribable. <laughs> they were so horrific that just to gaze upon them would make you not be able to describe them." Is is that what happened uh, to you? No, so thankfully I I 
can describe them as, as I never, I never laid eyes uh, upon upon them. From from the limited descriptions uh, we have of of this one, it looked much like well this. And he, he gestures at, at Ivy's fossil. Um, it was said to be that the size of a mountain, some 400 metres long, with feelers covering its head and giant retractable jaws. Um, its exoskeleton covering uh, its body, like armour, was so dark that to, to simply gaze upon it was like looking into an endless space. Although, as uh, the, the light caught it. It refracted into purples and greens, like like the aurora we often see far in the north. And ancient texts have named it as Eertrell. Anyway, after it was awoken, um, it, it, it sent its kin to spread south. And um, this event coincided with the start of the, the Age of Heroes, as the other gods developed weaponry and, and gifts to bestow upon humanity to use in the fight against Eertrell and his offspring. Now, texts are a little bit hazy then for the next couple of hundred years, but uh, eventually uh, a group of heroes known as uh, the, the Heroes of the Four Winds gathered a number of these weapons uh, together, and, and, and with the favour of the gods, um, they entered into the frozen wastes where Eertrell nested, and they smote it. Um, and as they did so, uh, it, its ichor pooled around it, blood red on the ice, uh, and it's known as the, the Battle of the, the Red Moon. And thereafter, things returned to normal, and for the first time in hundreds of years, there was little need for heroes any longer. Um, and since then, we've just been able to get on with things, um, and we used the magics available to us to invent lighting and, and flourish, and we raised folk out of poverty and built Hi. universities... Broiling. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what broiling is, but yes, we, we broiled. And over time, all of the monsters and, and heroes went away until the only monsters left were people. You uh, you keep talking about people, but earlier you talked about humans. When you say people... <laughs> I just got it. Are they, uh, are, are they not one and the, one and the same? Hold I us. joke, I joke. Sorry, Read the room. I forgot how <laughs> ethnically diverse this, this room is. Yes, it's always it's always people like you who forget that people doesn't just mean people like oh, you. I, I apologise. <laughs> Nonetheless, the heroes went on their merry way, died old and very wealthy, and now academics have become the true heroes of this world. They are well paid. <laughs> and um, uh, Really? I haven't noticed. I must be on the wrong uh, tenure track. Well, some academics are well paid. Those of us... <laughs> Oh, the yeah, people the, ones. The, the people there we academics. go. And we, uh, you know, we commemorate this battle, the Battle of the Red Moon, and people dance and have a parade and enjoy themselves. And uh, I find fossils of the creatures which existed under Eertrell's reign of terror, and uh, I work out what they did to people. And so this fossil is frankly fascinating because it's like a tiny, tiny small version of Eertrell. You get me. I uh, totally, yeah, yeah. It's okay, little man. Um, he wanders over to you and attempts to pat you on your helmet. I look like I am a cop. Are we not one and Different. the same? He looks over at Ivy and no. smiles. No, you would. you would be called a Hugh Goblin. That would be your species. Okay. Man is short. You could call me a blin. That's the short version. Okay, there's blins on. and there's woblins, and together we are all goblins. Brogar, Brogar still is stroking his chin and goes, hey, uh, one, one minute, well, hang on. Just for double check for colour, uh, when Brogar strokes his chin, does it, is there a kind of real grinding noise? 
<laughs> it's it's a little bit like if you've ever absentmindedly run your fingernail along the front of a radiator, like the. Oh yeah, the da, 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 da. yeah. He does that and then says, "Sorry, back back up, back up." Um, who are you on about? Oh, I mean, I honestly, I think you should explain this to him at some point when I'm not forced to listen to it again. We were forced to listen yes, to you the first time. A lot of people pay very good money to listen to me. And frankly, I've provided it to you as a, as a gift. Okay. Friends, um, uh, so I've spent most of my town, time in this town behind the the wall of a pub pretending that I was six kobolds that can actually, like, are allowed to cook rather than a goblin. And I suddenly find myself in possession of 40 gold pieces. So I'm very keen, if we can, to try and find a local shop as fast as we can so that I can spend these on exciting, like, if there was a Lakeland, that would be amazing. Get some non-stick <laughs> stuff. Maybe get some, some mandolins for chopping eggs finer than I've ever chopped an egg. Something like that would be great. But I feel suddenly rich. And uh, as everyone okay. knows, a goblin with 40 gold pieces is in great need of a shop to spend in. <laughs> Do you know of any shops, a, any of you? Half a La Crusette with all of that money. Oh, I thought it was going to be hot cut down the middle. Oh, the food would slop out. That's no good. There is a there's a shop nearby. I I've been taken to this area before. Uh, says Brogar. There's shops down here. Um, and this guy said that this festival is uh about heroes, and I I would like to be a hero. I think. Shall we go to the festival as well? Well, you're really lucky. Well, stalls, you know, people selling things at the festival. I need to buy a pair of giant fairy wings and anything with lots of sequins on. Oh, wait, no, it's not the Wilderness Festival. Sorry, I take it back. <laughs> no, it'll be candy floss, different blue and pink candy floss in a tiny bag. Will there be any cardamom-infused candy floss? Let's go and find out. <laughs> go and find out. Um, the sun for reference, has almost completely set. So... I mean, everyone gets dark vision in 5e. <laughs> True, they do. Yeah, you can the shops. Apart <laughs> <laughs> from your basic humour. Uh, and even then, loads of them get it about level three through various classes and whatever. I don't think Dragonborn have it. Fancy wanting a storyteller to work. No, Dragonborn don't. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't have that vision. Has it? What can you breathe as a golden dragonborn? What do you breathe? Do you have a breath weapon? I am. I'm gold, so I have fire breath. So that that is. Yeah, fine. you just walk into the tunnel, get us all to stand behind you, breathe. Something will catch light and uh, light your way ahead of you. And also, I'd like to point out that I just am going to go ahead with the idea that I can see. I thought they lived in, in like. Dungeons. Dragons do. I do not. I live in a castle. But it's like Dungeons and Dragons. There's Just two separate things. Dragons. Yeah. As opposed to Dungeons, dungeons in Dragons. dragons. <laughs> no, Dragons in Dungeons. <laughs> uh, right, shops, 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 shops. You leave Aldous's house, he waves you goodbye, um, and he thanks you for having brought both his bugs and the fossil and a man, which was nice. Are you taking the man, are you taking the man with you or is he staying there? <laughs> No. I think we should leave the man. Yeah, he yeah. can find his own way to wherever he needs to go. Okay, okay. Um, as you're going downstairs, Aldous gestures for the man to go into the bedroom and have a lie down, and he, he wanders down. Oh, hey, that's all romance. That has got to be the oddest. Like, how did you two meet? Well, it was delivered to me, flayed. In the 
So Aldous is looking after the man and he waves you off down the street as you walk down uh, towards where Wobbegong Street adjoins Shearpoint Street, the main street from uh, the southern gate up to the centre of town. Um, what are you looking for shops-wise? What, what, what do you want? Well, I'm always looking for amazing new kitchen gadgets, spices, herbs that I can turn into healing potions, uh, any religious knickknacks that uh, might be about my god or kind of could be converted to be about my god um that sort of stuff really i mean I've, now that i've got some adventuring friends i'll probably be looking for some adventury stuff as well yeah. you know one of the things that i feel i really want is a crowbar because hopefully i'm going to get to open a lot more crates of spices okay so um, for things that you might need. For a crowbar, you could get that at the Traveller's Friend. For herbs and spices, within Market Square, and it's late night shopping night, so the market is still there, uh, you could go to uh, Shining Spices or, um, Sweet. or Sands of Artrice for uh, more foreign no shining spices straight away i'm gonna drag my friends right the rest of this episode is just going to be me saying i do want to buy or don't want to buy a list of things that sam reads out okay yeah well and also i've got something on my character sheet just called unknown spices comma loads (laughs) so i probably need to work through all of them i don't want to overburden myself from the time i get to the new spices they would have probably lost a lot of their volatile compounds and not Mm. be as nice so i'm probably not in the market spices but i do want to do a want crowbar. crowbar okay so um you walk you walk down wobbegong street you join Shearpoint street it joins the the southern gate to the center of town and uh, as as you reach the center of town there's a, a marble statue illuminated by sort of yellowish tungsten lights what's the uh statue of uh, the statue uh, appears to be of um four heroes there's a, a human-looking one. There's a tabaxi-looking one with a very big right arm. Uh, there's a very small gnome. And uh, finally, there's a, a half-elf bard. You know they're a bard? Because they have a musical instrument. Right, so it's the, the important thing is it's not us having time travel. It's not you having time travel. That's the thing that always worries me, you know? You say there's four, and I'm like, oh, God. Time travel. No. Um, and, yeah, so you've reached this... this the centre of town, uh, and there are four routes, four roads out, joining north, south, east, west, and then on on the sort of corners between those roads, there are some shops. One of those is the Traveller's Friend, somewhere you know will have a crowbar. Yeah, I want to go there. And opposite, I see, is the Angleveld Outfitters. Yeah. I'd like well, I to go, go there too. Yeah. yeah, I need an outfit. You need an outfit, okay. Well, I've still got my kitchen gear on, you know. If I'm going to be adventuring and doing a lot of rough cooking outside, then um, I just I need some like some some camo. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to our detailed um, investigation of the clothing shop. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so first, of all, you you walk into a traveller's friend. Uh, uh, so. Before before anyone, well, they can go off, but during this time, Brogar is stood um, staring up into the faces of the, the people in the statue and he puts one closed fist onto his chest and then follows the rest of them into the Traveller's Friend. Okay, uh, you walk into the Traveller's Friend, it's a, it's a cluttered mess um, of just just shelves of stuff. Uh, behind the counter is stood a... a tall, very burly, uh, grey-skinned orc who has... Very ornate tusks, one of which is is bejeweled. Um, it has a, a little dangly 
talisman hanging from it. And uh, he, he turns to you, hello, nice to see you. You uh, you got anything in particular on your mind you'd like to pick up? Crab up, crab up, crab up, crab up, crab up. Uh, I, in my future, I'm envisioning opening many crates of spices. Well, crab up. Uh, also, have you got any new kitchen gadgets? Uh, honestly. The sort of thing that might have been on a channel on telly that was devoted to live selling of stuff, like brilliant new ways to spiralise a cucumber or something like that. Well, um, assuming you don't have a spiralizer, we do have one of those. Crowbar can be found uh, in the back left-hand corner next to uh, uh, 50 feet of rope, a thousand ball bearings and, you know, grappling hooks. Ball bearings? What kind of a prick would buy a thousand ball bearings? Well, we've had a, we've had a few <laughs> folk come in trying to pick up something like that. No, just what's the point? You can't. Well, you, there's no mechanical equipment that they could be used to put around an axle to make it. There's no point of them. They're not a thing. They shouldn't exist. What kinds of crowbar have you got? <laughs> um. Well, we've got a. Uh, we've got red ones. We've got grey ones. Grey one, thank you, grey one. Okay, uh, that'll be uh, two gold pieces. Brilliant. Uh, what else was it you wanted? I'm interested to know about new items that are useful around the kitchen. Uh, well, um, the, the first thing we can offer you is a, a big knife. I always find that so. Uh... <laughs> Interestingly, despite me being a chef on my character sheet, I don't own a chef's knife. So if you've got a, a chef's knife, that'd be quite useful. Right. Otherwise, I just have to use improvised weapon at the DM's discretion all the time. So, nice. th- there's actually a, a cooking aisle down in the corner. Um, there's a uh, there, there'll be a kitchen knife, a chef's knife, a pasta roller. I think uh, we had in stock last time <laughs> I was here, and actually a magical food processor. But that might be a little bit out of your. Oh, can't, can't do pasta. Um, the rules of my goddess are that you have to have got at least five levels of cleric in worshiping her before you're allowed to do pasta. So I'll just have the chef's knife. How much is it? Uh, that's a it's a three gold pieces. But for you. I could perhaps jump down to two. Brilliant, right? I love it. Um, any anyone else for anything else while we're here? And by here, I mean in my shop. I'm Gruz, by the way. Gruz, Bo Gooden. <laughs> <laughs> Delighted to meet you. Um, would you, would you any chance have a, a sort of travel sewing kit? Uh, I can have a look. He whips out a catalogue uh, onto the desk. Uh, Yes, actually, um, we we do. You see, we we have an aisle for the young lady adventurer uh, in the corner, no. um, <laughs> and that uh, I, could, uh, I could discount this to um, perhaps absolutely nothing. I'm sure she says, moving her quarter staff from <laughs> one shoulder to the other. <laughs> so you move your quarter staff from one shoulder to the other, you, like using your hands or. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, I thought it was stuck on my back for some reason. No, so from one hand to the other. Okay. There we go. Intimidation. 19 plus one. Oh. Uh, so I have a I 20. Could, um, yeah, no money. Um, after your friend's patronage, I, I, can, uh, I can hand you uh, the sewing kit for free. Excellent. I also would like some sinew or something that might be able to, like a gut, something to, to, to sew hide, shall we um, say. Yes, um, um, we can uh, provide that similarly. Um, uh, once again, uh, free of, of charge. Excellent. And just before I go, Ivy reaches into her pack. I'm going to give him a pamphlet 
on uh, gender stereotypes to read in his spare time. <laughs> he, he takes it solemnly, looks down at it, puts it, puts it on top of his pile of essential reading. How to buy and sell things and how to make friends and have friends and not be lonely again. No one else? I want to buy something, but just because I want to buy something. And I don't know if that's a bad move. It served me poorly in real life. That feels um, very, very backers. But I have no idea where to begin, but I just want to get something. If you, um, <laughs> well, we can play a game. He pulls out his um his uh, catalogue, turns it around, points to Jesus. Give me any letter under the sun and I'll... Okay. Okay. For K. Um, oh gosh. Uh, how about a um? Nothing ever starts with K. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Komodo dragon skin. <laughs> Can I really get that? Yes. Is it? Does it work as a costume? Can I have that? I want I that. I can provide it to you, and you could. Using the sewing kit to turn it into a hat. (laughs) Komodo dragon skin hat. Do I get the skin? Does the skin have the head on? Yes. Is it like a. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll definitely take that. 15 gold pieces. Shit. Um, Sorry? 15 (laughs) gold pieces. (laughs) How about five? No. 15 gold pieces. How about. You can try and persuade him if you'd like, or you can just... Yeah, I want to persuade. I want to persuade. Give me a roll. 13 plus 5 is 18. Okay. It's a good job we're doing all the really important rolls How today, isn't it? 12. <laughs> 7. 11. Ooh. 8. 9. 8. 9. 8. 9. 8. 9. Or nothing. German now. <laughs> Wait, is there anything else I can do to get this lower? <laughs> You've already got it to half price. Almost. <laughs> but what if, what if I raise you eight and a pack of raisins? Deal. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you, mate. Oh. Uh, I'm very excited about my Komodo <laughs> dragon. He, he, he's going to hand you over the Komodo dragon skin. We will let Ivy make this into a hat, and then I'll make it into an item you can Thank equip. Thank you very much, Ivy. I don't think I asked you for that, but uh... no, no, nobody did. People just assumed that she'd be sewing. <laughs> just buy a sewing kit. <laughs> Anyone else for anything else? Broga, is your is your notebook? How's it holding up? Do you do you need a, a spare, or are you you got one of those inexhaustible notebooks? Um, are you using pen or pencil? Uh, pencil. I'm not allowed pens. Um, he gets out his notebook. The, the the top page just says, everything is a worm, underlined a couple of times. <laughs> um, and then he flicks through and goes, oh, I've, got, I've got a decent, decent amount left. Do you, would you sell a notebook? We have a whole aisle of stationery. Yeah, just have it, frankly. I'm, I'm tired of all of you. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, he goes over and finds a few and f- feels which fit in his palm best because he doesn't want to have to be like leaning down onto a surface to write in his notebook. Um, yeah, can I pick out? Can he pick out one that's gold? There's one which is sort of reddish brown. 
Um, and that reddish brown leather is uh, gilded with uh, some gold leaf paint. And it says, my first journal on the front of it. Oh. <laughs> yes, I, I take that one over to Ivy and just say, um, what's a journal? It's like a diary, but for pretentious people. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. He pats that into his uh, into his shirt pocket. Cool. Um, and, and did you all want to go to the, the clothes shop? Yes. After we have now just uh, essentially burgled this man. <laughs> well, to be honest, is it, is it, when you say clothes shop, um, is it like a dressmaker's? Is it shelling ready? Have they, have they got ready to wear ready ahead to wear of time? Ahead of time. Wow. Who, who knew the Victorians had invented ready to wear? Lucky these are magical Victorians, friend. Yep. <laughs> 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 I mean, I was just checking out what um, stuff I had already, and it turns out that I have a clothes, comma, fine, which is designed specifically to be expensive and to show it, including fancy tailored clothes in whatever fashion happens to be the current style in the courts. And so I am looking fabulous, if a little dishevelled. I mean, apparently I'm in common clothes, which seems very odd to me. You need to sort that out. Yeah, apparently I'm in a loose shirt. No, I mean, that's typical of you with that kind of, that general touch, you know? That's the, the charm of the true aristocracy. De Chabier. Yeah, that one. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, so... Dishevelled, but expensively. Oh, that's what I, I aspire to be. Um, walking out of the Traveller's Friend, Gruz waves you off with very little energy. He's drained after the last... Ten minutes spent with you. <laughs> oh, time flies, right? Um, directly across the square, you have uh, the Angleveld Outfitters. It's written in a... It's written fancy, the words on the front. Um, and, and there's a little swinging sign that says the Angleveld Outfitters, um, except there's, like, an acute accent over the E. There's thread and there's a sewing needle. Um, on this board walking into the shop it's very minimalist in its decor very pale cream paint on the walls and then mannequins lining the lining the walls with you know exemplar outfits and then shelves above with the items of clothing which are upon each of, of these mannequins what can i help you with ah, hello i um i would like to buy a cloak that was good for hiding and also, one side is made of a fine material for seeing on any picnics, and the other side is made of something rough and strong that won't mind being on the ground when it's being used for picnics. Okay, well, uh, uh, honestly, the best thing we actually have for you uh, could be uh, this wonderful tweed we have here. Uh, it, is a, it is tweed on the outside, but the inside itself uh, is aligned uh, with a... Uh, Cash, cashmere to keep you nice and warm. Wow, that sounds nice. What's the pattern on the tweed, though? Uh, the pattern, honestly, it is it is just a, a miserable kind of grey green. Oh, that's good. Yes, uh, very Probably good for mud on when that. You're trying to blend in to a crowd. Well, let's. Um, how much is it? Honestly, the asking price is about sixty gold pieces, but uh, not many people in the city are very keen on the purchase of uh, of tweed. It is a uh, out of style, how you say. So perhaps we could go down to about uh, forty, thirty gold pieces for you. Brilliant! And do you buy stuff as well? Absolutely, uh, as long as we can get closer. To I've got these incredible healing potions. Honestly, the best place to to 
to sell your healing potions would probably be across the road at the traveler's friend. Oh, you're right. Yeah, of course. I've been playing too much Fallout 4 where you can sell anything to anybody. Well, I'll just, I'll have this cloak then. How much did you say it was? Uh, for you, 30, 30 gold pieces. Amazing, right. Brilliant. Good deal. Lovely. Lovely to work would, uh, with you. Would you like some tights thrown in with your cloak? We can provide Obviously, you yeah. a nice uh, discount. Uh, these are uh, made from lamb's wool. They are very soft to the touch. They keep you warm. They are robust. Uh, and of course, they are uh, machine washable. And by that, we mean you can trust them <laughs> onto a machine to wash them. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> if we ever invent a machine, that'll be very exciting. Uh, very yeah. useful. You're, <laughs> you're thinking ahead. You're future-proofing your products. We are indeed. You know what they say? If you want to look good until the day you die, go to Angleveld at Viters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, that's everything I need. Uh, 35 gold pieces, if that's okay. Yeah. Anyone else uh, want to purchase any of our fine robes or any other thing? I have a question Absolutely. about my feet. So I've got <laughs> Yes, uh, I can see this. They are bringing in a lot of mud to my shop. Do I need... Can I purchase shoes for you, from you? <laughs> Do they have to be horseshoes? This may sound a bit strange, but we actually get a lot of people like you coming in here. They are worried. Oh, no, look at my hideous feet. How will I possibly keep up with the trends in the city? Well, I tell you, we have solved just that. You see these? And he pulls out some suede shoes and places them upon the, the counter in front of him. These are perfectly constructed uh, with the mechanics and the structure of your feet taken into account. You will wear them. People will think you have normal feet. They'll go, oh, what lovely feet you have. I would love to take your shoes off and have a look at them. But really, <laughs> your feet are not fit inside. Ah, and for you, 10 gold pieces. We have a range of colors. Uh, we have the blue suede shoes, the, uh, the green khaki suede shoes, the, uh, the red suede shoes, the white whatever you want. Well, <clears throat> I'm definitely intrigued, and I'm torn between the blue and the red. Uh, you could uh, possibly have one blue and one red shoe, if you were like. And so the shoes just make it look like I have normal feet, but i still got hairy legs, but I could still get pants. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, we have a number of trousers. You, you see your friend has bought some uh, lambs wool tights, and uh, we also have uh, uh, flares in here. Uh, we have uh, <laughs> some, some <laughs> leggings if you doing some sport at any point in time. Intriguing. I am going to probably make the terrible choice and I'm going to buy... I'm going to buy the red suede shoes. Cool. Uh, ten gold pieces. If yeah, you right. Cool. Anyone else? Any clothes? Quickly. Uh, <laughs> Before we spend an hour shopping. <laughs> we can't do it in real life, Sam. Let us have this. <laughs> I'm I'm going to assume I was wearing the clothes I thought I was wearing, but I think Ivy's going to ask if um, do you by any chance have any lengths of ribbon that uh, I might be able to uh, use on my tail? Uh, yes, uh, any any particular colour? Green. What what no, fabric? I, I think I'll go for a I'll go for a basic satin. I think satin. Okay, based on the length, that will be one gold piece if possible. That's a little steep. Okay, five silver, whatever. Just get out of my shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were all waiting for. And and w- one more thing. Uh, whatever. Um, oh, actually, you. I know your family. It's yeah. a pleasure to have you in this store. 
Yes, yes. Uh, Brogar shines uh, rather than blushes. I recently uh, feel like I have become more powerful at looking over at our friend's new cape. I would also like a cape, one that really, really uh, goes well with my my gold skin. Would red be a good colour for you? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, uh, You could get a reversible cape, which is uh, black on the outside and red on the inside. Oh, God, you're living out my goth teenage fantasy here. Yes, (laughs) I'm buying that. Uh, And you'd like it to tie around your neck or would you like it to uh, mantle upon your your armour? Or even you could put your arms down it and pretend you are an academic like the people who live here. (laughs) Uh, No, no, it's still like attached a little bit just over my shoulder, like near my collarbone. Like okay. Roman guards, satin, so it, uh, it glimmers in the in the sun. Mm, it feels a little uh, thin. Velvet, <laughs> silk, a lot of silk. Vel- velvet sounds perfect. Reversible velvet floor-length cape. Two hundred gold pieces is the only reasonable price based on the sheer amount of material we are giving you. What? Because <laughs> yeah. you know my family. I do know your family. Can you put it on the tab? Persuasion, please. Yeah. <laughs> ah, this is old. This is so good. Persuasion. I get a plus five to persuasion. That is a 17 plus five. Of course you can put it on your tab. It is always a pleasure whenever we have one of the dragonians come in here. I will, uh, I will send up the bill to your family in their big gold house on the hill. Yes, thank you. He folds it and, and hands the cape to you. <laughs> Brogar watches him fold it really carefully, hand it over and immediately unfolds it and puts it on. 200 gold cape. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're now all outfitted. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> We're just trying to crack Sam, aren't we? Like, how many fabrics can you name before we have a slight mental break? <laughs> I just feel bad at the listeners cracking at the same rate. <laughs> a long one like, realistically, what have we achieved so far today well you've got to tool up before you know uh, you gave us a little adventure to get money and then we tooled up exactly. i've actually got a knife that was a thing that i knew i had to do straight away um <laughs> so i'm pleased with that I've got, cl- I've got a cloak i've got a knife it's already it's almost like giving you a little quest and then sending you yeah. someone to do a bit of exposition and then letting you do a bit of shopping yeah. It's all part of the... Um, I need to go to bed in a minute. Yeah. Is that the end of an episode, I, I do you think? I think if we take you back to the tavern, put you all to bed, yep. that's probably the perfect place to end. Yeah? All right. So uh, if you can say, we should go back to the tavern. We should go back to the tavern. <laughs> I would like to walk to the tavern. I'm feeling slightly sleepy, and I wonder how my friends are also feeling. I'm exhausted. Swishing in his new cape. Yeah. Okay. I want to see if I can also use my cape as a blanket. Besides Kashmir, it's going to be brilliant. It'll be the warmest goblin in Goblin Town. This is so pure. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted an extra episode of just Steve talking about cooking and sleeping. Yeah, or a book. A Snooker's Jolliver cookbook. Oh, it'd be great. Uh, you go back to the Jolly Owlbear. Uh, upon walking in, the, the barkeep, he wastes. My friends, it's an... Oh, God. I just hope you've had a wonderful day. We've got all the spices. We have been so busy today. So busy. We have made, frankly, so much money, and it's all thanks to you. As I said before, beds upstairs are all 
yours. Snookums, you know, you can have my room. Just Oh, that's are, very kind. No blanket, unfortunately, but... Oh, it's all right. I, sw- I swish my cake. <laughs> oh, you look elegant. Look at all of you spending yeah. my money to make yourselves look bloody beautiful. I've yeah. never felt more proud. He beckons you upstairs. You you walk up the, the wooden stairs and take yourselves off to your own individual rooms. Um, unless you'd like to share. No, I am um, just not. on the way up the stairs. In order to be more religious, I cast uh, light on uh, my sacred salt shaker and hold it in front of me, glowing, to light my way up the stairs and remind me of the power of my goddess. <laughs> I, and Ivy just uh, turns to the barkeeper and says, uh, you can send the bathwater up in about an hour. Anything. Can't you all cast you. spells? Why don't you ever cast any spells? Yeah, friends. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I cast uh, spells when I'm fighting. Okay, that's sensible, I suppose. Yeah, use them for that. Um, I've got a glowing salt shaker. As you all go off into your individual rooms, there's some light still emanating from underneath the door of uh, the master suite where Snookums is. Um, After a few minutes and things have bashed around, the light goes out and you all head off to bed, except for Ivy, who is waiting for a bath. (laughs) Oh, no, I've Um, gone to my room. I'm just waiting for them to send the water up. Are we doing doing the episode where Ivy just describes her bath in detail for an hour? Because that would get some listeners, I reckon. It would. It would. Maybe we write some fan fiction ourselves and publish it with someone else. Publish Publish it it on incel forums. (laughs) (laughs) Just 4chan, isn't it? (laughs) This episode of Live Love Lovecraft was written and produced by me, Sam Mackay. It starred Steve Cross, Lucy Eckersley, Kate Hunter and Zoe McGee. And you can find links to their online stuff in the podcast notes below. The music was written by me and sound effects were produced by myself and Michael Gelfie. A link to his Patreon can also be found in the episode notes. Have a wonderful week, friends, and we'll see you next time when the adventure continues. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought, you, I thought you were asking me to tell you about one of the things in the jars, but no. No, go ahead. I want more descriptions of thing in jar. Well, Doesn't that count as metagaming? Yeah, technically, yes. But I do mm. want to tell you the story about the cupboard of strange I have in my office in the lab where they have all the things in jars and they're just bum worms. Just, <laughs> just they're, all bum, they're all worms that have come out of animals' bums and they're stored in formaldehyde. Most of them have, like, the formaldehyde or ethanol, I think some of them are in, has like, evaporated. And so you've just got, like, little... They're not even jars, they're, like, bijou vials, like tiny little glass vials. They've just, just got bum worms in them. It's very triggering. And so, <laughs> oh, hang on. So to get away from this, you've come to this Escapist podcast where you've got worms and you've made me put jars over them. Well, really, it, this is actually, it's about escapism for other people. I'm sacrificing myself in order to provide other people with a safe space from the horrors of the world where they can marvel at the bum worms in jars and the mm. insects which chew and gnaw the flesh off men who wear leather clothes. But for you, there's, there's no escape from the bum worms for you. Never. That's what you're no. saying. No. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a tortured, starving artist, Lucy. It sounds to me like he doesn't want to escape. No. I, I once got an unmarked uh, package in the internal post, and when I opened it up, it was an unmarked jar that had a tapeworm in it, um, and I, I couldn't quite remember what it was for. I knew it was... This is Valentine's <laughs> <laughs> I knew it had a purpose.
purpose, but I couldn't remember it. And my colleague was sat near me and he's not a particularly an animally person. He just worked in outreach. And he was like, I think, I think you've been cursed by a witch. I think that's what that is. <laughs> just for reference, I tend to, I tend to cut these bits out, but I have now taken to leaving them at the end as a nice little Easter egg for people oh, who want yeah. to learn about bumworms or Diogenes who had a wank egg. in a barrel. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bumworms and Diogenes. That's the name of your autobiography. That's the name of this episode of the podcast. <laughs> hey.